Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bye, Mrs. Jenkins. Thanks for having me for dinner. Bye, Brent. Tell your mom I said hi. I'm an ordinary teenager with a strange story. Or maybe not. Stick around and listen to the rest of my story. My family always had issues with maintaining their weight. I figured this is why my best friend and I, Timothy, who lived next door, got along so well. We were the same size. Timothy had a younger sister, Sherry, who hung out with us. She wasn't one of those whiny little sisters. Sherry was actually pretty cool. I never really thought about my weight until that one time when Granddad needed to go to the hospital and those firefighters had to bust those walls down with a sledgehammer to get him out. Granddad had been bedridden because of his weight and when he got sick, Mom called an ambulance. I watched as the paramedics came to the room to get him and told Mom they needed help to move him. They called the firefighters and that's when we lost the wall of the house. A crane was used to pick Granddad off the bed and place him on the trolley. Then they used an automatic pulley to pull him into the ambulance. The eyes of the neighborhood families bore into my Granddad as though he was some kind of spectacle at a circus. When they finally got Granddad in, they whisked him away. Sadly, 
granddad didn't leave the hospital that night. It was then and there, I decided it was time to lose some weight. I checked YouTube, watched a few videos with some reputable doctors and physical trainers, and got started. The first month was hard. I did have a few cheat days at the beginning, but when I lost those first two pounds, that was all I needed to keep me motivated. Over the next few weeks, Timothy and I didn't spend as much time together. We didn't have a fight or anything, but I was just so focused on getting my weight down that it consumed most of my time. Instead of getting a lift with Timothy and his parents to school, I decided to walk. Instead of eating in the school cafeteria where I'd succumb to the smells of the food, I ate in the school's courtyard. After I lost about 50 pounds, it seemed as though the invisible spell that was placed over me in high school was suddenly removed. Kids who never told me hi before spoke to me. Needless to say, my social life blew up, and at 17, I had my first date. Soon, it was that time, where we had to choose our prom king and queen. I was excited for Timothy when I heard he was nominated for prom king. I really hoped he'd win so he could leave high school with a bang. After gym class, I walked into the locker room, unknown to the other guys. Okay, so Kezia told us she'd fix the ballots since she's on the committee, Kyle said. And I'll borrow my dad's saw to slice the legs on the chair, Paul chimed in. This is going to be amazing. When that chair cracks under his weight and we get videos and pictures and posts on social media, we'll leave a legacy that's hard to top when we leave this school. I quickly grabbed my bag and headed out of the locker room unseen. As soon as I got home, I walked over to Timothy and knocked on the front door. Hey, Brent. How are you? Haven't seen you around lately. Mrs. Jenkins smiled. I'm okay. Is Timothy at home? I really need to speak to him. Timothy, Brent's here. Mrs. Jenkins gave me one of her mama bear hugs. It was nice seeing you. Don't be a stranger. She walked back to the kitchen and I watched as Timothy came down the stairs. What do you want? Timothy folded his arms across his chest as he stopped in the middle of the staircase. I told Timothy what I heard in the locker room. Seems to me you're jealous because you lost all that weight and you still couldn't make the cut for prom king. I'm just trying to save you from- Save me from what? People who pretend to care one day and the other days just walk away from you? You made your choice to reject me, so don't come in here pretending that we're still friends because we aren't. Timothy walked up the stairs and I turned to walk away when Sherry called behind me. Hi. Didn't mean to listen in on your conversation. Hey, Sherry, you've got to talk to him, I pleaded. I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Sherry. I kissed her on her cheek and let myself out of the house. On the night of prom, I was pretty nervous. I stood in the crowd with my then-girlfriend, Victoria, and watched as Timothy proceeded to the stage when his name had been called as Prom King. I tried to tell teachers at the school about what was going to happen, but they said unless I had proof, then it was my word against my peers. Timothy got up to the stage and waved at the crowd who was cheering him on. I watched as cell phones were lifted in the air and students began to record and take pictures. My stomach churned. I knew what was about to happen, but there was nothing I could do about it. After the prom queen was called up and they took a few photos, it was time for the king and queen to sit on their throne. As Timothy sat on the chair, a loud pop came from the chair as the chair legs broke off. Timothy's arms flew in the air, and finally the chair toppled off the back of the stage. There was silence for a few seconds, then an uproar as the students laughed at the sight. Even Victoria doubled over with laughter. I rushed to Timothy's side. He held his arm and groaned in pain as teachers tried to help him up. But Timothy was a big dude, so it took them a few minutes. An ambulance was called, and I drove back with Timothy to the hospital. At the hospital, Timothy was wheeled away, and I sat in the waiting room. I called Timothy's parents as well as my own to tell them what happened. Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins and Sherry arrived before my parents. I cried on Mrs. Jenkins' shoulder. I am such a bad friend. I'm so ashamed of who I became after I lost the weight. 
Maybe if I was a better friend, Timothy would have listened, and we wouldn't be in the hospital. Mrs. Jenkins held my face between her hands gently and looked me in the eye. Now you listen here. Timothy is in that hospital bed because he didn't listen to you. Don't you dare place that burden on yourself. Was Timothy a good friend to you? Was he cheering you on and trying to help you lose weight? As a person, you are allowed to grow and improve. Friendship is a two-way street. Timothy had his part to play as well. Mom and Dad arrived about 15 minutes later, and we filled them in on what happened. Family of Timothy Jenkins? A male doctor walked into the room and called. We all stood up and walked over to the doctor. Timothy took a hard fall. The bone that connects his elbow and forearm was completely shattered. He underwent surgery, and we had to place a pin in his arm. He's still a bit groggy from his surgery, but will allow one person to visit him in a few minutes. Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins told me to go and chat with Timothy, and I followed the doctor to Timothy's room. The doctor nodded at me and told me I had five minutes before he left the room. Hi. I walked over to Timothy's bedside and sat on the chair. His left arm was in a cast. Hey, I didn't expect to see you here. Look, we've both made mistakes over the past few months. It doesn't mean we still can't be friends. I'm sorry for the way I acted. It just felt nice being seen, you know? I'm sorry, too. I guess we've both got a lot to learn about friendship. I chatted for a few more minutes with Timothy before the doctor told me it was time to leave. I hugged Timothy and left the room. As soon as Timothy got out of the hospital, he told me that he wanted to lose weight. We started him with a different diet, and it was about six months till he got full use of his arm once again before we began to train together. When I started to hang out with Timothy once more, I faded into the background again. But this time, I didn't mind. Over the next year, Timothy worked hard to lose the weight. In college, some of the kids at high school went to the same college that we did. They reminded us that we'd always be the fat kids from high school. Timothy and I laughed at them. The other kids didn't dare try to pick a fight with us, though. One night during one of the college frat parties, Timothy and I stood outside in the backyard. When suddenly we were doused with beer, Timothy and I looked up on the balcony. Paul and Kyle held two empty buckets in their hands and laughed hysterically. Timothy clenched his fists. I'm going to kill those guys. I held Timothy back. They aren't worth it. Let's just leave. On the way home, we saw a house on fire and a lady's screams were coming from inside. I immediately pulled the car over and Timothy and I hopped out. The lady, dressed in a robe, ran out to the balcony with a teenage girl. Please help us. Do you have a ladder? Timothy called up to her. Yes, it's by the pool in the backyard. Timothy sprung into action and quickly retrieved the ladder. He placed it against the wall and I climbed up and helped the girl down first, then the lady. By the time the lady climbed down the ladder, we heard a few cheers from a small group of neighbors who had gathered to see what the commotion was about. A few minutes later, sirens blared and police and firefighters arrived on the scene followed by an ambulance. The lady and girl thanked Timothy and I before they went into the ambulance and headed to the hospital. That night, Timothy and I got an interview on one of the TV stations. After all the excitement died down, we headed home. A few days later, there was a knock on my front door. I opened it and was surprised to find Kyle and the lady that Timothy and I rescued a few days ago. Good afternoon. Kyle spoke first. Thank you so much for saving my mom and sister. I was shocked. And this is a little thank you from me. Kyle's mom handed me a cake. Thanks, I was just glad to help. And I'll make sure Kyle never bothers you and Timothy again. Kyle and his mom thanked me again. I watched as they walked over to Timothy's house. About a year later at Timothy's birthday party, Sherry kissed me. She admitted that she had a crush on me over the years, but she wasn't sure how I felt about her. Just then, Timothy passed. You better be this girl's boyfriend. I can't stand to see another one of her notebooks covered with your name and hearts all around it. Sherry blocked her face and laughed. Maybe I can do something to fix that.
After the party, Sherry and I went on a few dates. I must admit that it did feel a bit weird at first, but after our fifth date, I asked Sherry to be my girlfriend. Sherry and I had been dating for a year, and things were going great when I got an unexpected visitor. Hi, Brent. Victoria said. She held a toddler in her hand. What are you doing here? I came to let you know that I'm taking you to court for child support. Victoria handed me a document. Child support for what? For this. Victoria pointed at the toddler in her hands. Just then, Mom walked into the room and I quickly explained the situation to her and handed her the document. Well, let's go and do a test now. Mom went to the closet and grabbed her purse. Ain't nobody going to do any test on my baby. Victoria snarled. Mom grabbed her by the arm. And ain't no little girl going to scam my son into paying child support for a child that ain't his. Mom closed the door. When I told Sherry, she didn't say anything. About two weeks later, my parents, together with the lawyer, joined me in front of the judge. The lawyer told the judge that my parents and I wanted to do a paternity test to make sure that the child was mine, but Victoria denied us. The judge ordered Victoria to let me do the paternity test, and she adjourned the meeting for the following week. That same day, I took the paternity test, and we received the results a few hours later. I wasn't the father. I called Sherry, and I thought she'd be as excited as I was, but again, she didn't say anything. A few weeks later, as I flipped through the TV stations, I stopped when I saw Timothy on a paternity TV show. Intrigued, I leaned in to take in the show. Lo and behold, a few seconds later, Victoria walked out with her toddler. I watched Victoria and Timothy argue about who the father of the baby was. Finally, the host read the test results and Timothy was the father of the baby. Timothy being the father of the child and the age of the child meant that Timothy and Victoria were together while Victoria and I were still in a relationship. I waited on Timothy's front porch for him to return home. As soon as I saw him, I landed a blow to his face that knocked him off his feet. You slept with Victoria and then gave me a hard time about being a bad friend? I walked away, then I turned back. Tell Sherry that it's over between us. I figured she knew all along it was your baby and not mine. I'm so over the both of you. I switched my college and stayed at the dorm and only visited my parents once a month, even though I spoke to them every day on the phone. As soon as I finished college, I moved away and started a new life. I got married to a beautiful woman named Megan, and we have two beautiful kids together. As I look back on my experience, what was most amazing is you can be friends with someone for years and never really know who they are. I'm Henry. I woke up to water drops falling on my face. Was it raining in August? Why wasn't I in my bed? Was I dreaming? I forced my eyes open, feeling the cold grass beneath me. After a moment, I remembered I had fallen asleep on the front lawn the previous night. It wasn't raining. The water drops gently sprayed from the sprinkler system. I sat up and looked at our house. I shouldn't call it our house anymore. Now it's just my father's mansion. The night before, I learned that my father was a criminal. The mansion had been purchased with dirty money, and the rest of his fortune was made from criminal activities. I didn't want to live with him anymore, so I decided to camp out in the garden. Unfortunately, I had nowhere else to go. I originally thought my dad was a crypto investor. He kept saying he made his fortune thanks to Bitcoin and had a story he loved to tell about it. Years ago, a friend of his taught him about Bitcoin. His friend told him, no one understands its worth right now, but it'll increase in value in the future. Buy as much of it as you can while it's cheap. My dad sold off his car and invested the money in Bitcoin. His friend's prediction came true, and Bitcoin made my dad a millionaire. I used to listen to my dad tell his story with excitement. I was so proud of him for taking such a lucky risk. Turns out he was lying to me and everyone else. He never invested in Bitcoin in his whole life. Do you want to know where he got his money? 
After I tell you the truth, I know it'll shock you too. One day, I heard my mom crying. When I went to check on her, I overheard her talking on the phone with her sister. In tears, my mom said, He disappears all the time. It's been like this for years. Sometimes he doesn't even come home all night. There's no other explanation. I know he's cheating on me. I'm sure of it. But I can't prove anything. He denies it when I ask him directly. What? Was my dad cheating on my mom? Even in my anger, I felt sorry for her. I decided to help her out. She had a right to know if my dad was cheating on her. One night, I secretly took dad's phone. I knew his passcode because one time he had asked me to help him when his smartphone started bugging out. Assuming he hadn't changed it, I checked his messages to find out if he was cheating on my mom. I'm in, I murmured to myself. Thankfully, my dad's passcode was the same. I checked his inbox but couldn't find anything that would prove my mom's suspicions. There was nothing unusual in his messages. I also checked his photos and videos. No red flags there either. I sighed in relief. My mom had nothing to worry about. I decided I'd tell her what I'd done in the morning, hoping it would ease her mind. But then, I realized I hadn't checked the recently deleted images and videos. If he really wanted to do anything on the sly, he'd try to destroy the evidence. He wasn't great with technology. I could probably find something there if he didn't know that deleted photos and videos were kept in the trash folder for a while. My stomach lurched when I saw the massive backlog of videos in the trash folder. I anxiously tapped the first one and started watching. In the video, there was a young woman tied to a chair. Right next to her were two other people wearing ski masks. When one of them started talking, I was shocked to my core. We're making this video as proof that we kidnapped your daughter. If you go to the police, you'll never see her again. You need to pay us seven million dollars if you want to see her alive again. We'll let you know where to drop the money. I recognized that voice. It was my dad's. He and his men had kidnapped someone, demanding a seven million dollar ransom for her. As the video went on, the woman began talking. These are dangerous men, she said in tears. Please do as they say. Don't go to the police. I'm begging you. Please get me out of here. I looked at all the other deleted videos. It was the same thing over and over again. The only things that changed were the person tied to the chair and the amount of money demanded. The ransom amount was determined based on the fortune of the person they'd kidnapped. That's how I found out about my dad's real profession. I couldn't wait until the morning. I barged into my parents' bedroom and woke them up. I told them about the things I saw in the videos. My mom couldn't believe it. Is this true? Are you a criminal? How did you manage to keep this from me? She asked, horrified. My dad looked unfazed. So what? Of course I lied to you. I obviously couldn't tell anyone that I kidnap people for money. Everyone has a job. This is mine. Thanks to this job, you live in this fabulous mansion. You have a life of luxury. You're both ingrates. You should be thanking me instead. Dad, if it's ransom money from innocent people you made your fortune with, I don't want this fabulous mansion or this luxurious life, I screamed. My mom backed me up. Henry's right. We don't need all this money. I would rather live an honest life than have all this, she said. Dad was upset. Your medicine cost $50,000 a month. I'm not crazy about paying for it every single month. If I hear another word about this, I'll cut you off and kick both of you out of my house, he yelled. My mom has a rare muscle disease. She needs to take expensive drugs every month to control her condition. If she fails to take them, she'll become bedridden. 
We stopped trying to talk sense into my dad after he threatened to cut off my mom's medicine. After discovering the truth, I didn't want to live in my father's house. Unfortunately, I didn't have anywhere else to go, and I didn't want to leave my mother alone. So I decided to live outside the mansion, in the garden. My mom was despondent when she heard about my decision. I didn't want anything that was bought with that criminal's money. She offered me blankets and other outdoor gear, but I refused. But I still had one big problem. How was I going to feed myself? The mansion's garden was gigantic. It was so big that there were still spots in the garden that I'd never been to. Maybe I'll find a fruit tree and eat fruit for breakfast, I thought, as I explored the garden. I searched for a long time and found nothing to eat. I sat down on a hill to think about what to do next. I had to find a way to feed myself. Suddenly, I felt something touch my feet. I screamed in horror. Shh, stop screaming, they'll hear you. Please help me, a voice said fearfully. I pulled out the patch of grass from underneath me. A window with bars became visible. Apparently, my father and his men had built a hidden underground prison in this part of the property. Here, they'd been keeping the people they kidnapped. I'll help you. I'll get you out, I said, kneeling. I locked eyes with the person inside the prison cell. It was my favorite YouTuber, Mr. Beast. My father had kidnapped the world's biggest YouTuber for money. Mr. 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 Beast, I stuttered. Yeah, it's me. I don't want you to save me. I just want you to get me a phone, please, he said. Don't you want me to call the police? I can call them if you want. My father kidnapped you. I want to inform them personally. He sure deserves to go to jail for this, I responded. Mr. Beast said, No, I'm not going to call the police. I'll use the phone's camera. It's going to be a hell of a video. Imagine the title. I paid $5 million as ransom to my kidnappers to save myself. It's going to be my most costly video ever, but worth it. It's going to have at least 200 million views. Mr. Beast sounded so enthusiastic that I couldn't say no. I went home to get my phone and brought it back to him. Mr. Beast did as he said. When he couldn't shoot video, he did voice recordings. He hasn't published the video on his channel yet, but I know he recorded everything because he let me watch it. In the video, my father and his men were wearing ski masks, but thanks to me, Mr. Beast knew who they were. Mr. Beast called his crew with the phone I gave him. He asked them to prepare $5 million and bring it to a designated spot. I'm filming my own kidnapping and imprisonment. You guys need to record everything on your side as well, he ordered. My father gave Mr. Beast's crew the address of an abandoned factory. He demanded they bring the ransom there. Two people from Mr. Beast's crew brought the money in bags and delivered them to my father. In return, he set Mr. Beast free. Meanwhile, Mr. Beast's crew recorded the entire exchange on camera. You'll get to watch it when the video drops. Apart from the first video, Mr. Beast did one other video that will be published after it's posted on YouTube. The video's titled, I gave $10 million to the person who identified my kidnappers. You guessed it right, that person is me. Mr. Beast told the police my father's real identity. The same day, the police organized a raid on the mansion where they caught him and his men. He looked into my eyes when the police were taking him away. I'm going to jail because of you. You're not my son. I'm disowning you, he screamed, giving me a hateful stare. He got even more irate when he saw me acting cold toward him. Yes, I'm a criminal, but you're the son of a criminal, and that will follow you all your life, he said. In the meantime, when the police officers searched the underground prison, they found another victim. My father had kidnapped someone else after Mr. Beast. Thankfully, that was his last victim. I can rest easy knowing that he's behind bars.
Currently, my father's trial is pending, but he'll likely spend most of his life in prison. The police confiscated all his property. They sold everything, including the mansion, and gave the proceeds to everyone who paid him ransom. My mom and I moved into a lovely apartment. Thanks to Mr. Beast's award, we can afford my mom's medicine every month. Even though my mother felt terrible for my father, she said, This had to happen. Your father can't kidnap innocent people anymore. He's gotten what he deserves. I still think about my father on occasion. His last words to me can't hurt me. I'm not the son of a criminal anymore. I'm the son of an incarcerated man serving a well-deserved sentence. I'm Sam. One night, my stepdad came home out of breath. Turn off the lights. They were following me, but I got rid of them. They can't find out where I live or else I'm done for. I turned off all the lights. My mom screamed, what's going on? Who are you running away from? Have you been gambling again? My stepdad shut her up by saying, keep your voice down. They'll hear you. These men are armed. Trust me, you don't want them to find me. He waited anxiously all night in the dark, listening to the sounds outside. Whenever a car passed by, our hearts started pounding. I'd never been so scared in my life. My stepdad Keith has a gambling problem. As usual, he lost all the money he had on him. Then he borrowed more money from the casino. He gambled that away as well. The owner of the casino said, You have one week. If you don't pay, you'll owe me twice as much. My stepdad couldn't pay it back. Months passed by. His debt kept going up. Eventually, the owner of the casino decided to take matters into his own hands. My dad died when I was 10. My mom was really lonely after that. She needed someone she could share her life with. She met Keith last year, but I knew he wasn't a good person the first time I saw him. I begged my mom not to marry him, but she wouldn't listen. She married him too quickly. And even though the marriage is failing, she still puts up with him because she's too scared of being alone. The next morning, I had to go to school because I had an important exam. I hadn't gotten enough sleep and I was feeling awful. During the exam, I put my head on the desk and fell asleep for a while. My teacher noticed and asked, What's going on, Sam? Are you sick? After the exam, my best friend Pete came to chat. You don't look good, bro. What's up? He said. I told him what happened the night before. He was concerned. Oh. This is really serious. In movies, when bad guys want to scare people who owe them, they say, If you don't pay, you won't see your family again. So it's not your stepdad who's in real danger. It's you and your mom, he said. Pete was right. It's impossible for him to come up with all that money to pay the guys. I need to protect my mom from them. But I don't know how I'm going to do that, I replied. Pete smiled. I owe you a lot. Now it's time for me to help you out. We're going to my place after school. I only need you to promise me one thing. Everything you'll find out will stay a secret between us. Deal? I was really intrigued. I nodded. Of course. You can trust me, I said. You might be wondering why Pete said... I owe you a lot, so let me tell you. Pete came to our school at the beginning of the year. Just like every other school, we've got bullies. They started picking on him because Pete was so short. They'd shout, Midget! whenever they saw him. Pete couldn't say anything back because he was afraid of them. We had just met. Once, they started picking on Pete while I was with him. But I taught those bullies a lesson that day. From then on, they kept away from us. Afterward, Pete always felt like he owed me. I didn't expect anything in return since he was my friend. I'd never been to Pete's house. Which bus goes to your place, I asked. He smiled. We're not taking the bus. You're going to learn a lot of things about me today, he said. We walked three blocks until we stopped at a corner and started waiting. 
A gigantic SUV showed up and parked in front of us. The driver got off and opened the door. I got into the SUV. Turns out Pete's family was beyond rich. Why do you go to public school if you're so well off? I asked. Because my parents were worried that I'd be a spoiled little brat if I were friends with rich kids, Pete said. That's why they wanted me to go to public school. I agreed, so I played along. After a while, we arrived at a huge mansion. There were security guards everywhere. Pete said, My parents are traveling for work. Normally, I can't have friends over. Come on, I want to show you some wild stuff. You wouldn't believe me if I told you about all this. That's why I wanted you to see them for yourself. The mansion looked amazing. I still couldn't process the fact that my best friend was so rich. How do you make so much money? What did his father do for a living? Still stunned by the grandeur of Pete's house, he led me out the back door. There were lots of trees in the garden. Pete pointed to one of the trees. I looked at the tree he was gesturing towards, but I didn't get it. Pete (laughs) laughed out loud. Bro, look a little closer. Notice anything strange about these trees? I looked at the tree again. What? No way. That's impossible. I screamed. What I thought were leaves turned out to be money. As I moved in closer, I realized that they were all $100 bills. Then I looked at the other trees. They were full of money too. I turned to Pete and said, You're not pranking me, are you? Of course not. These are money trees, he said. These trees are the source of my family's fortune. More specifically, the leaves we pick from them, he replied. Soon after, we went to Pete's room. I couldn't help but start yelling in excitement. This is all at once the most ridiculous, unbelievable, and miraculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Pete said, actually, if you look at it, it's not a miracle. It's science. My dad's a botanist. He worked on this crazy project for 12 years and finally succeeded in engineering trees that can grow money. (laughs) Then he took out a box. Inside were things that looked like nuts, but they were green in color. He took one out and offered it to me. What you're holding in your hand is a money plant seed. It grows up to six feet in only 10 days and yields $201 bills. You can think of the bills like fruit. If you don't pick the fruit, they'll ripen. In 10 more days, $1 bills become $10 bills. Once 30 days pass, $10 bills mature to $100 bills. After harvesting all the bills in the tree at full maturity, you'll have $20,000. Then the cycle starts again. 10 days later, you get $1 bills. 20 days, you get $10 bills. 30 days, you get $100 bills, and so on. The numbers may sound confusing, but all you really need to remember is you can get $20,000 a month from one tree. That adds up to $240,000 a year. I was listening to him in shock. If I hadn't just seen the money trees, I would have never believed what Pete was telling me. Pete said, my dad gives me one money plant seed every birthday. That way I can grow my own money trees in the future. The seed I gave you is yours now. You can pay off your stepdad's debt with it. And thanks to the money tree, you can live all your life without worrying about money. I was so excited. This was such a big gift. I hugged Pete. I will never, ever forget this. I could never even dream to repay you, I told him. Pete's driver was going to drop me off at home. I said goodbye to my friend and got in the SUV. On the way, I started thinking about what I needed to do. First of all, I decided not to mention the money tree to my stepdad. If I told him, he wouldn't believe me anyway. But should I tell my mom? It made more sense to hide it from her as well for now. Maybe I can tell her down the line. 
My priority was to grow the tree and pay off my stepdad's debt with the first crop. When I came home, I found my mom and stepdad fighting. What difference does it make if you sell the furniture, my mom said. You're saying you owe them $10,000. You couldn't even get $1,000 for everything here. If we make $1,000 selling off the furniture, my stepdad shouted back, then the amount I owe goes down to $9,000. This is our problem. Everyone needs to chip in. Then he turned to me. Sam, you can't cruise anymore. You're going to quit school and start working. His tone grew more intense. You will give me every penny you make. I glowered back at him. I'll pay off your debt, I said coldly. But you need to ask for more time. Convince them to wait for one more month. Tell them that if they agree, you'll give them double. $20,000 instead of ten. My stepdad didn't take me seriously. What the heck are you on, kid? How are you going to come up with $20,000 in a month? He screamed. What else you got? I responded calmly, holding my ground. Besides, I'm not doing this for you, but for mom. He stared at me. He didn't believe me, but he obviously needed more time anyway. Okay, I'll go and talk to the guys. But if we can't put together $20,000 by next month, it's over. You will have to say goodbye to your mom. I went to my room without a word. Now I could see the real extent of Pete's generosity. Thanks to him, not only could I pay the debt, but I would also never have to work again in my life. After everyone went to sleep, I snuck out to the backyard. There was a gap between the tall garden fence and the house itself. I was sure that no one had been there in years. It was completely out of sight. I could grow the money tree here without anybody noticing. I turned on my phone's flashlight to find a good spot and planted the seed. Now, all I needed was time. The next night, I waited for everyone to fall asleep. I went down to check the tree. There was nothing. I was so stressed. I really wanted everything to go as planned. When I checked again in a week, I was so excited to see the little plant coming out of the seed. I took a picture and sent it to Pete. He immediately replied, Congrats, bro. You're the proud owner of a money tree now. That night, I dreamed of swimming in a pool of money until the morning. When I woke up the next morning, I had a huge smile on my face. When the 10 days were up, I was incredibly psyched. After making sure my mom and my stepdad were sleeping, I went out to the garden. When I turned on my phone's flashlight, the tree was illuminated. I almost screamed with joy. Just like Pete said, there was a lot of $1 bills on the tree. I was so happy that I couldn't stand still. I started dancing as if there was music playing. Just about then, I heard a noise behind me. What are you up to? I've been watching you for days. What are you so happy about? When I turned back, I saw my stepdad. I was shocked. I opened my mouth, but couldn't speak. My stepdad was holding a big flashlight. He held it up to the tree. What's this? Why did you stick all this money on this tree? Then he lifted his hand up and grabbed one of the dollars. First, he looked at the tree, then to the money, and finally to me. He was wild-eyed. Is money growing on this tree? You better have an explanation for this. Tell me what's going on, he screamed. He had caught me off guard. I was in no shape to lie to him. Yes, this is a money tree. Don't pick from it anymore. It's only been 10 days since I planted it. That's why you see those $1 bills on the tree. In 10 more days, those $1 bills will become $10 bills. In 20 days, they will all turn into $100 bills. You can then pay off your debt with the $20,000 we'll end up harvesting in total. My stepdad Keith was looking at me in disbelief. Where did you get this seed? I can't tell you that, but know that we only have this one seed. 
This is our only chance to pay off your debt, I replied. Keith looked at the money on the tree. His eyes lit up. This is my house, so this is my tree, too. He paused for a tense moment. I'll wait ten days. We'll see if those ones on my tree turn to tens. If you're lying to me, boy, both you and your mom are out of my house for good. I could only imagine the evil things my stepdad was capable of. I had no choice but to go along with whatever he said. The next day, I told my mom what happened. Naturally, she didn't believe me. I went to the backyard to show her the money tree. My stepdad was there, sitting in a camp chair, drunk with happiness and greed, watching the tree. He stood up when he saw us. Looks like dreams do come true. I just hope I never wake up. This tree is going to make me a wealthy man. <laughs> he said, laughing out loud. Ten days passed. When I woke up that morning, I was so excited that I jumped out of bed. When I went to look at the tree, I was shocked. The $1 bills should have transformed into $10 bills. But there was no money on the money tree at all. I ran inside. My stepdad <laughs> sat counting all the money he'd collected from the tree on the kitchen table. He was in a good mood. You were right. I picked 199 $10 bills. He said, holding a single bill up to the light. Look at this. I still can't believe this grew on a tree. I was so mad at him. Why did you harvest them before they turned into $100 bills? He carefully collected a fat stack of bills and stuffed them in a small pocket of his satchel. There's something I need to do, and I needed some money to be able to do it. So I got some from my tree. It'll grow more anyway. <laughs> I still couldn't figure out what he was planning to do. Didn't the casino boss give you only a month? How are you going to pay off your debt to them now? The pocket in my stepdad's bag bulged crudely, barely holding the wad of money inside. What is this, an interrogation? He snapped. Enough! It's my tree! I can harvest my money whenever I want! I don't need your permission! His shouts echoed through the kitchen as he stormed off. He obviously had a plan, and that's why he'd collected the money so early. I knew Keith wasn't stupid. He was definitely after something, but I couldn't figure out what that was. I decided that I had to talk to Pete at once. When I called Pete, he was just as shocked that my stepdad had harvested the bills too soon. Bro, do you want to come to my place? I'm sending the driver over now. There was something that I was hesitant to do before, but I think now's the time to do it, he said. I realized what Pete had meant when I arrived at his family's estate. He was waiting for me at his doorstep, accompanied by someone I had never met before. The guy next to him smiled and held out his hand. Very nice to meet you, young man. I'm Pete's dad. My son always talks about you. But I didn't know he'd given you a money tree hmm? seed. The news from Pete this morning was quite a surprise, to be honest. Meanwhile, Pete was staring at his feet, a guilty look on his face. Pete's dad gestured towards the door. Pete rushed inside and I followed. After a long walk through several spacious rooms, we arrived in a grand hall. Pete's dad told us to sit. The tension hung heavily in the room. Pete's dad took a deep breath. The money trees were supposed to stay a secret. I'll be honest, I'm very disappointed by my son's actions. On the other hand, I'm aware of how much he cares for you. As you can see, Pete takes after me. I was often bullied at school for my short stature as well. Unfortunately, I didn't have a friend like you who could have protected me. So I understand Pete's motive. If I were in his shoes, I would have wanted to help my best friend too. Pete was relieved. He looked at his dad with a smile on his face. A smile his dad returned. Pete's dad continued, worry in his voice. 
If that were the only issue, everything would be fine. But regrettably, it sounds like things got out of hand. I'm sure your mother also means well, so I trust her. However, the fact that your stepdad knows about the money tree is a huge problem, so I have an idea to fix it. The staff here knows about the money trees, but they've each signed a non-disclosure agreement which prevents them from talking about it. I'm going to offer your stepdad $10 million in exchange for your money tree, on the condition that he signs the same agreement. Will you please take me to him? Pete's dad had found a reasonable solution. That amount was far more than Keith could ever harvest from a single money tree in his remaining lifetime. We got in the car and drove off. When we made it to our house, we were in for a surprise. Inside, we found my mom crying. She held me close. Between sobs, she managed to say, Sam, your stepdad left. I don't care about that, but he took the money tree with him. I didn't get it. We went out to the backyard. There was a huge hole where the tree had been. Pete's dad asked, Please tell us what happened. This was my mom's first time meeting Pete's dad. She looked at me hesitantly. Mom, you can tell him everything. Pete's dad created the money trees, I said, reassuring her. I was at work. Our next door neighbor called upset about the noise coming from our backyard. I figured something was up, so I immediately came home. Keith had the tree removed with a backhoe. They were loading it into the truck bed when I arrived. I asked him what he was doing. We're done, he shouted. Don't look for me. To hell with you then, I shouted back. But that tree doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Sam. You can't just take it away. But he didn't listen. I'm so upset that I couldn't stop him. Sam was right all along. I never should have married that man. It finally made sense why Keith had harvested the money so soon. He needed it to move the tree somewhere else. More importantly, it would have been impossible for him to transport a tree full of bills. Not if he wanted to keep it hidden. I turned to Pete's dad. What do we do now? I asked. Pete and his dad looked at each other for a few moments and burst out <laughs> laughing. My mom and I were flabbergasted. We had no idea what was so funny. <laughs> we don't need to do anything, Pete's dad said. It seems as though your stepdad has resolved the problem all by himself. When he realized we had no clue what he was saying, he began to explain. A money plant seed can only grow where it's planted. You can't transplant it. It's an issue I'm still working on, I simply can't figure out. If you disturb the seed, even a day after planting, the tree stops developing. Your stepdad is in for a real disappointment. That tree will never grow bills again. It's not a money tree anymore. It may as well be a husk of driftwood. That explains the laughter, I said. But he can still tell people that it was a money tree. Wouldn't that be a problem for you? Pete's dad put his hand on my shoulder. No problem at all, because no one would ever believe him. Would you have believed that a money tree existed if you hadn't seen it for yourself? If your stepdad tells anyone that the tree had once been full of bills, I can assure you that they'd laugh harder than us. Then he turned to my mom. I'm sure your husband will come back here once he figures out the tree is not growing any money. You can come with us if you like. Our home is certainly big enough. My wife will be happy to host the two of you, he said. We stayed with Pete and his family for a while until Pete's dad bought a house and gifted us two money tree seeds. We've been harvesting $40,000 from our money trees every month. I'm a millionaire now, and I owe this to my dear friend Pete. We hadn't heard from my stepdad since. We'd forgotten about him until one night I randomly came across him on the TV. The police had busted an illegal gambling ring. Keith was one of several witnesses. 
One of the reporters held a mic to Keith and asked him what he was doing at the casino. I owed a pretty big debt to the owner. When I couldn't come up with it, I was forced to work with him for ten years. I've been a janitor here ever since then, he replied. It turns out all this time he'd been paying off his debt to the mob by working as a custodian. To be honest, I didn't feel sorry for him. Keith was a victim of his own greed, responsible and deserving of everything that happened to him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.